Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. I saw all the oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, pretty PG 13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramount Plus. Hi there, this is Jillian on Love, and I'm on a mission to teach people how to completely revolutionize their romantic relationships by first transforming the relationship they have with themselves. So, whether you're in a relationship, single, or heartbroken, I've got you covered. I'm Jillian Tarecki, certified relationship coach and teacher with over 20 years experience helping people transform their relationship with themselves through their bodies, breath, and minds. I have coached and taught thousands of people to become better versions of themselves and change the way they show up for and within their love lives. Today's episode is seven questions to ask yourself before you end your relationship. And this is for those of you who are in a committed relationship that has been very important to you. It's a relationship that you've invested a lot of your time and energy into. And uh, it doesn't matter how long you've been with the person or not with the person, but you're struggling. You're struggling to figure out if this is something that you should continue to be in or if it's something that you should leave. And maybe you are really struggling with your intuition here. You don't know what your intuition is telling you, to go or to stay. And I know the feeling. It's a really big decision. Sometimes it's an easy decision, and sometimes it's very clear. But oftentimes it's not. Oftentimes it's a decision that will have a lot of consequences. And the consequences, there might be consequences to staying and consequences to going. And when that happens, that's when people get really stuck. So I'm going to review these seven questions to ask yourself as sort of a guide to help you make as clear and as conscious of a decision as you can make. And you know, there are going to be consequences to staying maybe, and there's going to be be consequences to going. But hopefully with these seven questions, with these questions that are really meant to help you think differently about the relationship and about yourself and about your partner in a way that might really inform your decision. So here we go. The first question to ask yourself before you end the relationship or to help you figure out whether or not you should stay or go is, do I avoid the hard conversations? Do I avoid the tough conversations? Because when we avoid the hard conversations, we are essentially avoiding the truth. We have to be willing to ask the questions that scare us. And listen to the answers that are hard to hear. And look, 
No one wants to have the hard conversations. I mean, I know very few people, if any, who actually like confrontation specifically in a romantic relationship. But if we don't address the elephant in the room, if we don't look at it, if we don't scrutinize it, if we don't attempt to make it go away, then the only thing that's going to happen is a lot of resentment, a lot of stories that we start to fabricate in our minds about what they did, what they didn't do, what's possible, what's not possible. When we get stuck in our heads and those stories that we fabricated about the other person or these stories about maybe they don't love us anymore or they never do this for me anymore or they don't care, you know, these things that keep us up at night. When we get stuck there, that's when things go south very, very quickly in a relationship. And usually when we do get stuck there, it's because we're not actually communicating. But one of the biggest reasons why people don't communicate in their relationships, specifically their romantic relationships, is because to have the conversation usually means that a box, a can of worms, Pandora's box is going to be open. And we don't necessarily want to see what comes out of it. We don't necessarily want to feel what comes out of it. And it's scary. And I just want to validate you. I understand that it's scary. It is scary. Maybe you don't want to rock the boat. Like I said, maybe you don't want to hear things that are hard to hear about how maybe you might be failing your partner, not just how they are failing you. But resentment is a relationship killer. And resentment is actually what leads to a relationship not only just to completely fall apart, but it's what leads to people divorcing, breaking up, not repairing. So the first question to ask yourself is, have I been avoiding the hard conversations? And then this isn't really the the second question. It's just a follow-up to this one. Are you willing to have them? Because I really think that if it's a relationship, if it's an important relationship, it's one that you've invested a lot of time in and one that you're struggling to figure out whether or not you should stay or go. I don't think that people should be ending the relationship unless it's a dire circumstance until they've addressed the elephant in the room, until they've looked at it, they've named it, And they've figured it out, for better or for worse. The second question to ask yourself is, and this is a tough one to hear, and it's not that obvious, but it's necessary nonetheless. Have I been meeting their needs? And a follow-up question to ask yourself is, do I even know what their needs are? I mean, if I had a dime for every time I've worked with an individual or a couple and I've asked them, well, what are their needs? And then they look at me and they say, mm, they either say nothing because they just, they're racking their brains to figure it out or they just straight up tell me, Jillian, I don't know. And that's a problem because there's a lot of talk out there about figuring out what your needs are and standing up for your needs and communicating your needs which is, by the way, totally essential. But we're missing a very important piece because in a relationship, 
It's not just about you anymore. It's not just about me anymore. It's not just about us. When we're in a relationship, it's about the relationship and about the two of you. So, like I said, you want to have the tough conversations because you want to be an advocate, not just for yourself, but for the relationship. And when you know their needs, then you can be an advocate for their needs as much as you have been taught or are trying to learn how to be an advocate for your own needs. And this is really important, but you cannot, you cannot possibly meet their needs if you don't know what they are. And they cannot possibly meet your needs if they don't know what they are. So it isn't natural, but it is essential to evaluate how well we have been doing as a partner. So do they feel safe with us? Do they feel appreciated by us? Do they feel cherished by us? Have we been paying attention? Are we present and listening when they're speaking to us? Or are we just in our heads, stressed out, worried about our own stuff or trying to fix their problem or annoyed because we have too much of our own crap to deal with? So have you been meeting their needs? Number three, have I asked for what I need, right? So if you're considering leaving, then it is no surprise your needs are not being met because guess what? People don't end their relationships when their needs are being met. They just don't. But the question is, have you asked for what you need? We simply cannot expect a loved one to read our minds. We cannot expect the person we're in a relationship with to read our minds. If there is a need that isn't being met, we need to speak up. This is part of having the uncomfortable yet necessary conversations that all relationships need to survive. So you need to figure out, what do I need? What do I need to feel loved? What do I need to feel important to this person? What do I need to feel like there is excitement and novelty and that there's some passion still between us? What do I need to feel safe? What do I need to feel like we're growing? So you have to ask yourself, do I know what I need and have I been asking for what I need? But you can't do that without number two, which is understanding what their needs are and evaluating yourself to see if you've been needing their needs. Next one. Have I been vulnerable? Have I been vulnerable? When things get tough in a relationship, we tend to go into total protective mode. In this mode, we become emotionally unavailable. In other words, we get tense, we get rigid, we get stressed out, and 
basically we become emotionally unreachable, which is really what emotionally, emotional unavailable is. It's like no one can reach us. No one can get into our hearts. No one can access us. It can be incredibly challenging to share what is in our hearts. Our pain, our fear, even our joy when in this mode. But we owe it to ourselves. We owe it to the relationship and we owe it to the other person to be as authentic as we possibly can. Listen, we live in a culture where vulnerability has been deemed as weakness. And the reality is, is that if you've had enough relationship pain in your life, if you have a lot of relationship roadkill, as I like to call it, and you've been hurt, even if you've been hurt just one time, but if that hurt was big enough and strong enough, it'll be enough for you to want to just completely protect yourself. And then you're in a new relationship, let's say this relationship that you're contemplating leaving or the relationship that your best friend is contemplating leaving or your sister's brother's contemplating leaving. When you're in the current relationship and things start to feel reminiscent of an old relationship or you feel tr- or you're triggered or you're just afraid, we, we shut down. And even if you're the clinging type, you know, like let's say you're with someone and they're always shutting down and you're clinging, wanting to talk and wanting to talk. Usually when we're in clinging mode, what we're desperately trying to do is to get them to talk to us while we conveniently don't really share what's inside our hearts. But relationships need, they require, they demand of us authenticity. And we are most authentic when we are being vulnerable. And that just means we're just saying what's true. That could be happiness and joy, by the way. But that, as you know, is a little bit easier to express than pain and fear. So number four is, have I been vulnerable? Because if you haven't, you owe it to yourself to do it, to become that. You owe it to the relationship and how that is received by the other person or how what the impact that that has on the relationship. You need to see what kind of impact that has and how it's received before I think you can throw in the towel. Number five, how am I blocked emotionally? Even the most loving and honest of us can fear intimacy. When we struggle to be vulnerable, we are reacting to a fear of intimacy. Every single one of us would benefit tremendously from examining our personal struggle with being fully emotionally available to the person and people we love. Our past relationships, our traumas, our childhoods, and Societal conditioning all play a role in whatever obstacles stand in the way of true connection. So this is related to the previous question. How am I blocked emotionally? Because we all have certain blocks. We literally can't reach adulthood without going through or experiencing some blocks because life in all its glory is also very hard. 
And we will get our hearts broken over and over again, some of us. And so it's incumbent upon all of us to become aware of how the pain of our past has hardened us, has built a sort of wall around us. And then to examine the small and big ways that being blocked emotionally has manifested itself inside of a relationship. Does it mean we stopped communicating? Does it mean we're clinging? Does it mean we're always shutting down? Does it mean that we're constantly ignoring the elephant in the room? How am I blocked emotionally? Ask yourself this. Write it down if you have to. Do the necessary self-analysis so that you can see how you've contributed to whatever is not working in the relationship that you're considering leaving. Number six, how has my stress impacted the relationship? Because let me tell you something, it isn't the stress, but it's how we react to our stress that has the power to destroy a relationship how it consistently impacts our moods, how it impacts how we feel about ourselves, and ultimately how it impacts the filter through which we see our relationship and our partner. Because when our problems become bigger than our ability to show up for ourselves and for the relationship, this is when things start to break down pretty quickly. I'll say that again. When our problems a.k.a. our stress or our thoughts about our problems become bigger than our ability to show up for ourselves and our loved one. This is when things start to break down quickly. When we are in states of chronic stress, we will not see ourselves clearly. We will not see our partner clearly. We won't see the relationship clearly. That intense stress, those problems create a filter. They create like a fog. The fog goes right in front of our face and we can't see clearly. And in fact, everything has a sort of gray tint to it, a gray tint and a darkened tint. And that's when we start to see everything that's wrong with life, everything that's wrong with ourselves, everything that's wrong with them and everything that's wrong with the relationship. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way 
at Ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Number seven. Last, but certainly not least, have I made them responsible for my happiness? This is a tough, tough, tough truth to come to terms with, which is that the person we're in a relationship with is not responsible for our happiness. The relationship itself, not responsible for our happiness. We are the only ones who can be responsible for our happiness. Now, that is not to say that the person you're in a relationship with should make you happier, but you should be making them happier too. We're supposed to add value to each other's lives. You and your significant other should be contributing to each other's happiness overall and day-to-day as much as possible. But you are not responsible for rescuing, fixing, pleasing, or saving each other from your problems. When we over-rely on a partner to make us happy, it doesn't work. It's what we do. It's not a pathology, but we still need to stop doing it. Because when we make them responsible... We overwhelm the relationship with a bunch of expectations that make it impossible for us to truly appreciate one another. Besides, if another flawed human being is made responsible for our happiness, then we're going to be disappointed a lot and resentful because when they become the reason, they they become responsible for our happiness then they actually, paradoxically, become the reason for our unhappiness. Because we simply cannot expect another flawed human being to be, do, act, behave in accordance with what we believe they should be doing, acting, and behaving all the time. They're going to mess up. And then this is an unconscious thing. It's like they mess up, and then we're thinking, God, you know, they're not... They're not what I thought they should be. Or why aren't I feeling as good as I used to feel in the relationship? They keep messing up. So this is a, this is a tough one. And sometimes it's a tough one to decipher because it's a really hard reality that we have to face inside ourselves. Because we will do this. We will really, you know, you don't have to be codependent. You don't have to, you know, have a certain attachment style. This is what we do unconsciously. We think this person is going to make my life better, which means I don't have to actually work on making my own life better. This isn't a conscious thought. You know, we might know intellectually that the person we're in a relationship isn't meant to make us happy. We actually have been given that messaging a lot. 
Do they make you happy? Do they make you happy? Do they make you happy? Well, let me put it to you this way. They certainly should not be making you miserable. And I really believe that when we're in a relationship with someone, we're supposed to actually be making the path easier for one another in some way. But it's still our path to walk. It's still our responsibility to walk the path. We can't create the path for each other. We can't remove every single obstacle. As you know, relationships, even the best ones, are labor-intensive enough. We got to be with someone who at least wants to make it easier, but we have to want to make it easier for them too. And this is really the point of all these questions is for you to evaluate yourself as much as you've been evaluating your partner. And I really think that if you can honestly say to yourself, I haven't been a great partner, and you want to give it, let's say, one to three months of you really stepping up to be the kind of partner that you know you can be and the kind of partner that you want someone else to be for you. And then after that, if you're like, this still is not working, then you know. Then the answer is there for you. And that really is something, if it's worthwhile to you, to start doing today can literally start today by making these changes. If there is a hard conversation that needs to be had, if there is that elephant in the room that's been ignored for too long, sit down and have the hard conversation. Make sure that you listen to the person as much as you communicate because that is the key to having a hard conversation. It's not just speaking the truth. It's being willing to listen to the things that are hard to hear. And it'll probably be very triggering and upsetting. But if you can breathe through it, if you can try to actively relax your body, if and when they say something that's hard for you to hear, if you can be patient in that process, well, then that's a huge victory because it's hard. If you haven't been vulnerable, when you're addressing the elephant in the room or having that difficult conversation, well, it's the time. That's the time to be vulnerable. Instead of getting obsessed with getting your needs met or being heard or listened to, speak what's real. And then ask yourself, if you haven't been meeting their needs, if you don't know what their needs are, literally something that you can start doing today is sit down with your loved one and ask this person, what makes you feel safe? What makes you feel loved? What makes you feel desired? What makes you feel appreciated? What makes you feel cherished? And tell me, have I been doing that? Where have I been failing you? And then that same conversation you do after and say, okay, well, this is what makes me feel safe. This is what makes me feel loved. This is what makes me feel appreciated. This is what makes me feel desired. Would you do these things? 
This is what I need from you to make me feel more safe. This is what I would love to see happen. And that would make me feel more desired. And maybe the hard conversation is this conversation about needs. Is the conversation where you're willing to hear where you have not been meeting their needs. Is the hard conversation where you have to admit that you don't even know what their needs are. And then they have to admit to themselves probably the same thing. So start today by having that conversation. Start today by taking out a journal, piece of paper, pen, write down all the ways in which you're blocked emotionally. Do this with a mentor. Do this with a therapist. Do this right now as you're listening to my words. Whatever you need, whatever outside help you need, get it. No shame in that. Trust me, I have done everything in my power to get help. We cannot do these things on our own. But you can start by right now getting out a piece of paper and writing it all down. How have I been blocked emotionally? What scares me about intimacy? Am I scared of abandonment? Am I scared that I'm going to be controlled? What fear has been getting in the way between me and my heart and letting this other person in? Get it all out. And then another thing you can start doing immediately to be proactive about your mental and emotional health and how it's been impacting your relationship. And this will help you again decide how has my stress been impacting the relationship? Write down all the things that's been really stressing you out. Get it all out. Figure out some things that you can do to reduce the chronic stress. Learn to meditate. Journal every morning for at least 20 minutes, just a total brain dump, getting everything out. Move your body. But first, you have to do that necessary self-analysis. How has my stress been impacting my relationship? How has it shut me down? What fog, like I said, has it been creating that's made it impossible for me to really see the situation clearly? And I really, really recommend writing this down. This is just a known fact that when you write it down, rather than trying to organize all your thoughts in your head, things become clearer because when you can see the words, when you can get it all out, it helps with the processing and processing is what you need to do. And then another thing, last thing you can start doing right away is if you have been making them responsible for your happiness... Stop. Where are the ways in which you've kind of lost touch with how to make yourself happy? Where has life become less meaningful to you? If you've stopped doing the things that light you up, because a lot of people when they're single, they're really good at doing the things that light them up. And then as soon as they get into a relationship, they get comfortable. 
you know, that's when the law of familiarity just takes over. And this person who we once thought was a gift, all of a sudden becomes like leftovers, like yesterday's leftovers that we don't want to eat. So if you haven't been doing the things that give your life meaning, it's time to start. And like I said, what I suggest that you do is depending on where you are on the fence with this and depending on how important this relationship has been and also making sure there has been absolutely no abuse, physical or otherwise, because in that, that way you have to seek immediate help and get out. But all that aside, if you're genuinely struggling here, figure out if you're going to give yourself 30, 60, or 90 days to start implementing all these tools right away, asking yourself these questions, right? Having the first, the tough conversation with yourself before you have it with the other. And really put this all into practice for 30, 60, or 90 days, and then see if something has changed. Now, I also really recommend couples counseling. If you haven't been in couples counseling, couples coaching, couples therapy, I really, 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 really strongly recommend it. Do all these things regardless, but sometimes those hard conversations, there'll be just this block between the two of you. It's like you can't communicate and you need a third party to kind of be there to coach you and guide you through that. Invest in it. It is a worthwhile investment. You might not love your couple's coach or therapist. Find the one that you both really resonate with. Do your individual therapy too if you need to. But even if you didn't do any of that and you really did these seven steps, these seven questions and implemented what I'm asking you to implement for that amount of time, the 30, 60, or 90 days, and then just see what kind of impact it's had. Because when we change ourselves, when we change the way that we relate, when we change our thinking, we can have massive influence over our relationship. And if we don't, then it's like the answer is really clear. Like, okay, I got to get out. So this is what I suggest you do. You ask yourself these seven questions before you throw in the towel, especially if it's a relationship that really is not easy to leave and you love this person. This is what I suggest. This is what I suggest to everyone who's in this a similar position. So whether it's you, whether it's someone you know, whether it's your best friend, a family member, a parent, and they're in this position... Please save this episode and share it with them because you never know whose relationship can completely transform as a result of this. And even if the relationship ends, even if you decide it doesn't work out, these seven questions to ask yourself are a guide for your next relationship to be a better partner, to choose a better partner. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.
Jillian on Love is a Q Code production, executive produced by David Henning and Steve Wilson, produced by Ryan Counthouse, edited in music by Will Tendy. Hi, just checking in and seeing if you might want to step away from the noise of the world for just a moment and connect back to you. If so, join me on my podcast, Letting It Settle with Michael Gallion, where we'll explore mindfulness, self-love, and personal growth as I share practical insights and tools to hopefully help inspire you to start to take charge of your mental and emotional well-being. Search for Letting It Settle with Michael Gallion on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening now. $5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SAVE to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus.